0: Welcome to the grappling we Re- blah, 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 see exactly grappling rewind podcast. Welcome to this week on the grappling rewind podcast. In this week's show, we're going to recap fight to win 158. We're going to talk a little about American Nationals. We're going to talk a little about the Freedom Grappling Invitational. Uh, Ethan Carlson versus Elijah Carlton. We're going to talk a little bit about the AJP the Grand Slam that happened in Rio. We are going to preview who's number one with his with. It is Rodolfo Vieira versus Kynan Duarte, and talk a little about Third Coast Grappling in two weeks. As always on the show, I'm your host, Maine, with my co-host, Josh. How you doing, Josh?
1: Can't complain.
0: We are once again remote uh, because Maryland is a little bit coronavirusy, and uh, we're taking precautions, so uh, if the audio takes a little bit of a hit, uh, that's why we're going to try to you know, get everything working as well as we can. Josh bought a new mic, so hopefully uh, we're continuing to do improvements uh, for the remote show. Uh, to make it, you know, the best thing that we can. Uh, Josh, where do you want to start uh, with news this week?
1: You want to talk MMA, or do you want to talk? let st- not good stuff. Let's
0: start MMA, and then let's move into some other news in a in a minute here because I don't want to start with that.
1: Okay, so uh, let's talk about Matt Wyman getting mollywopped.
0: Jesus. So uh, I've been watching more yeah. MMA, uh, specifically the UFC, recently since coronavirus because I really that's always my first kind of love and that's what got me to jiu-jitsu in the first place and so because there's been less jiu-jitsu um i've gotten back into like really enjoying and watching mma so i watched this entire card live and uh this fight was about what josh 22 seconds
1: if it was 30 seconds i'd be surprised
0: this fight i think was 22 seconds there was not a significant strike thrown in the bout at all there was not a takedown you just completed
1: gotta pull guard by jumping you, you gotta, just gotta pull jump
0: guard hard. and then you gotta get knocked out so, if you didn't watch <laughs> the fight, um, who was the guy that did it? I mi- I missed his name actually,
1: oh, because I didn't know we were going to talk
0: about until just now. We talked about it in the pre-show, but Matt, I now, don't
1: even remember. Now you're going to make me look it up.
0: I'm going to make you look it up. But uh, this is the textbook. Like, if you're ever, we love slams on the grappling rewind. And if you are ever going to slam someone, this is precisely how to do it. Uh, if you've ever seen like a cage, um, a lot of times the cage is put together with paneling on the bottom and where the joices come together, there's a hard spot. And typically in the cage, there'll be softer, more bouncy spots and there will be harder spots and veteran fighters and pretty much all fighters nowadays will go around with their corner on the first day when you're allowed to enter the cage and they will stomp around the cage and they will go find the harder spots in the octagon where the floor meets the joices directly. And there's less bounce with the canvas and with the, with the, um, with the actual decking. So that is what happened here. Uh, Matt Wyman jumped guard and then was walked over to the hardest spot on the cage. A nice frame was made and then a big slam and a, you know, 12th slam knockout in the UFC history.
1: I don't think he was planning on knocking him unconscious. Uh, You never never heard his planned for that. But you hear his corner say, bring him over here.
0: That's another thing people will do. You you take someone down in front of your corner so your corner can talk to you more easily.
1: Right, and especially since it's silent. Like, you're going to be able to hear everything. And it was a uh, Jordan uh, Levitt? Yeah, or Levitt.
0: that's what it was, Jordan Levitt.
1: And it was 22 seconds.
0: 22 seconds slam knockout. I love to see him. Um, it's just awesome. We see, we saw Slam KO and Fight to Win, I want to say, in the last, like, four or six months. Super rare, but this is textbook how to do it. He makes a nice frame on the front of the face, and Levitt just, you know, just takes him down. So, uh That was neat this weekend, kind of a rarity, a little bit grappling. Oh, in other MMA news, uh, Gary Tonin fought this weekend. Oh, yes. And then Josh watched the wrong fight.
1: I did, and I was like, he doesn't look so good, and Maine's like, uh, what were you watching? Like, what because fight did you watch? He like, looked he, great.
0: Yeah, he has other one time... high...
1: Other in the face.
0: Yeah, in the second was... round, because Gary Tonin fights in 1FC, and in 1FC, they use the Asian rules, uh, which typically include uh, knees to the head of grounded opponents and some other, like, soccer kick rules, depending on the promotion, and so Gary Tonin, after controlling the back for a solid, like, I don't know, eight of 8 minutes of 10 minutes in the last, like, 15 seconds of the second round, eats a square knee in the face on the cage. And I was like, oh, this could turn the fight. And then it totally doesn't. And Tonin takes a very clean decision. I think the first decision of his MMA career. um, Yes,
1: he's finished... um, Everyone. He finished everybody except for his most recent opponent.
0: Who's, I think, ranked in 1FC... I think ranked 5th or 3rd? Three.
1: Yeah. He was ranked 3rd. Tonin's ranked 5th.
0: Yeah. So Tonin, I think, in the narrative, and they were talking about in the... um, in the actual fight commentary, very quickly will probably challenge for that featherweight bout for 1FC. So it's been really cool to follow his career. The grappling exchange in the first, and it really in the first round, the second round looked very good. The first round was utter domination on the back. Pure um,
1: domination, pure grappling domination. Yes.
0: Amazing handwork, amazing body control work, um, a real back attack clinic from Tonin, which kind of surprisingly was staved off by his opponent. I mean, I'm blanking on the name of his opponent because we don't typically cover MMA. But um, yeah, it was we talk it was, about uh, grappling. So, yeah. but it was a good week to watch grappling guys do MMA. Um, let's move into the next segment. Uh, Josh, you want you want to take this one, or do you want me to take it? Run with it. All right. So, um, Barata has been accused and arrested on sexual assault charges. There's apparently a video, um, that has been. Retained as evidence uh, with regards to that, um, Barata famous for the Barata Plata uh, that we talk about on the show not infrequently. Um,
1: That's Haplay for people not knowing his nickname.
0: Right. Uh, so if you see something like that in your gym or are familiar with it, uh, report it. Um, hopefully, this is the last of this in the community that we see. We've seen a lot of it this year. Um, yeah, it's it's unfortunate to say the least I really don't like covering any of this stuff because it always makes me super uncomfortable that our community has that in it if you see it don't allow it um to other news unless you kind of got any of the pieces you want to talk about Josh uh no I'll
1: just echo Maine like it 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 makes it makes Maine uncomfortable you know it's it's an uncomfortable situation to talk about but it is something that needs to be brought up because No matter what's going on, your training partners, uh, female or male, whoever it's happening to, need to be protected. Like we all might seem like a bunch of lunkheads and you know, testosterone leaking crazy people, but you know, we're we're actually just normal people, and you don't want bad messed up things to happen to anybody. So, yeah, um, definitely, if you see it, say something. If you know about it bring it up
0: you stop know it. even just even if it's it.
1: an instructor like just stop it like y- you'll find another place to train don't let it
0: continue yeah so uh moving into happier news um in two weeks we are covering third coast grappling uh kumite not not kumite sorry third coast grappling five uh in earnest <laughs> like the next one i we covered the kumite we covered so many kumites and ever i say third coast grappling i just third coast grappling kumite and <laughs> then kumite. another number the Kumite. was um, Grappling 5 taking place December 19th. We haven't got a whole lot of chances to talk about the card, so I wanted to talk about it this week in news. We will preview it in earnest next week following our recap of who's number one. Um, it is a stacked card. Josh and I are both really excited for this. Josh, I'm going to read through the names. Uh, stop me where you want to make comments. Uh, main card, main event, we have William Tackett taking on Felipe, Andrew, and Nogi.
1: Uh, there you go. <laughs> we'll stop right there. What a wild match! If you look at the preview picture, though, Maine and I discussed this, and uh, Felipe Andrew looks like a tiny baby. So it's really uh, funny. So
0: Felipe Andrew's picture. There's somebody posts I think on Instagram or Reddit or something that Felipe Andrew's IBJJF picture is of him when he was like 11. If you you can go back and find it, and it's like for some reason everyone loves to use like ten year old pictures of Felipe Andrew. I think this picture is a little more recent, but uh, like they've softened his face, so he looks he looks younger than William Tackett. I and mean, I'm fairly certain William Tackett is significantly younger than Felipe Andrew here. Um, enough about the picture. This matchup is gonna be crazy good. Uh, Andrew is still technically, or sorry, not Andrew. Uh, Tackett is still technically a brown ball, or he just got promoted to black as well. I think he's still a brown belt. Okay, I, I I'm blanking. I know there's been a lot of promotions. I know Elizabeth Clay, who trains with uh, him and Steele and Andrew Tackett, um, got promoted really recently to black. We will cover her this week uh, on Fight to Win. Um, but man, I'm excited about these. Both these guys push a pace and like are really really big submission hunters. And Andrew is a guy that at any point in time can snatch your leg and just. You know, and just finish the match. We saw that on so many Kumites. We've seen that on who's number one. We saw that at Euros against Keenan. like Very, very aggressive finisher. And Tackett, we have covered him probably once a month for the past, since 80cc trials almost. So, super excited for that main event matchup. Uh Next month, we have Thiago Macedo versus Johnny Tama. Uh, I think Johnny Tama is filling in for Michael Musumeci because Mikey Musumeci had to pull out. Um, I don't exactly know why, Josh. Did you catch why he had to pull out?
1: No idea, normally he posts about those things, but i didn 't see anything.
0: yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago uh, i don 't remember why. next match we have Cody Steele, so she have John Combs versus Pedro Mourinho. really excited about that match as well. Um, both super active guys look for the finish. both guys we know leg locks and guillotines, so i'm very curious to see we've seen both guys put guys. In guillotines and finish, we've seen both guys fight out of really, really deep guillotines. I think we've seen both guys get caught, too, in that. So I'm very curious to see how that goes. Um, Combs has been a little up and down recently, but when he's on, he is on. Pedro Mourinho, the same way. Um, So very, very interested to see where they're actually going to rank both guys in this division as Pedro is still a brown belt, although he's a standout brown belt and definitely, I think, has a world ranking at the Nogi, you know, open divisions. Um, I'm, I'm fairly certain that's correct. Next, we have Cody Steele versus Victor Silveiro. Um Nogi, more stuff.
1: It'll be interesting. Uh, both gentlemen love to push the pace, so it'll be, it'll be a, a rough and tumble one, I think. It'll be uh, interesting to see what they do.
0: Yeah, Uh, we have Andrew Tackett versus Damian Anderson. Jordan Holy versus Ruben Riviera. I think that's a rematch. Ricardo Evangelista versus Guillermo Augusto. That's actually in the Gi. Christian Guzman versus Alex Alexander. We have Bruno Matisse versus Adam Bradley. Uh, Standout from Atos. He's the guy that hit that Scorpion Deathlock variation at um, Sub Spectrum a couple of years ago. I think he's a purple belt. It's like a reverse step over Kimura from like reverse Kisakatame. Really cool. You should look it up. Uh, We've covered him for a while now. Uh, And Robert Ezzo versus Justin and Rennick. Uh, should be a really, really good card. Cannot wait to preview that in depth uh, this next week. Josh, you got any other news? Nope. Alright, let's move it. What are you looking at on your leg?
1: I'm looking for Musumechi okay. to see if there was a reason if he dropped out or
0: not. Okay, so let's move on to our recap section. Moving on to the recap of Fight to Win 158. This one was headlined by Rafael Geddes, Defeating Elizabeth Clay Via Decision and to Become the Fight to Win Welterweight Nogi Champion
1: that was uh okay so now we know uh both ways to to beat elizabeth clay um either be enormous
0: Gabby garcia i think the only that's person Gar- yeah. of recent history that's defeated garcia i mean clay has been garcia by having that just really really heavy pressure game and just preventing clay from going through that inversion um and then getty's now
1: yeah who is just like you know, just came at her, it was just hard and fast-paced and was just hip to was just hip to her game and didn't really let her do anything.
0: Yeah, I mean, you saw there was a couple points in the match where Geddes would throw, like, a really close knee-cut pass, but she was never able to fully get around kind of the legs of Clay and, like, settle into position, and then she would realize that Clay was starting to get some leverage, starting to turn her hips and almost begin to take her over, getting to a place where she may be able to take her over. And Geddes would immediately go, nope, and reset the position. Um, And after, I think, about six or eight minutes of this back and forth of uh, Clay kind of scooting forward in the open butterfly guard, kind of looking for the arm jags a little bit, definitely not looking to wrestle up in that position, really looking for you to start passing on that kind of open butterfly guard. Um, Clay has to come up, and Geddes just sort of continues to frame out, and that was that was it. I mean, we just we just saw Rafael get her game going a little more than clay. And I didn't really think that, um, you know, there was really a whole lot of uh, passing that was like that progressed to the point where I thought it was going to be finished. But clay also wasn't able to sweep or able to get under and Getty's kept hitting her with those slams. And I really think that a siding factor was the slams from the guard in this match.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you even see when, when Clay was starting to activate and got to like the turtle position or whatever, that Geddes just was heavy on the head and just would try to get to the position, but then, you know, nothing came of it.
0: Yeah, so really good position work. A little bit of weirdness with the flags at the end. Um, they were on the different sides. So I couldn't exactly tell what was going on with the flags. There was some flag red eventually. It was sorted out, and Geddes took a unanimous victory here uh, for the welterweight title for the Ghee. Uh, sorry, in no Gi. So a very interesting match. Uh, I'm curious to see where they both go from here. Um, Clay is pretty much beaten everyone now, except else? yeah. And so it's she's in a she's in almost like a a very interesting spot. There's um, there's definitely some other grapplers I'd like to see her face, but that list is sort of has dwindled very, very quickly given the kind of the elite level of competition that she's been able to sub. So really good performance from Geddes here. Just stuck to a game plan. Having Galvao in your corner, I think definitely probably helps that out as he's one of the kind of better game planners in the sport. Um, And that was on display with his coaching, you know? Yeah. Good match. Uh, Next match. We had Felipe Trovo defeating Mateus Luna via decision.
1: Why don't I have that on my results? (laughs) Hold on, just a second.
0: This was really.
1: I'm just trying to keep up with all of the stuff that was.
0: Josh, uh, you've been gone gone too long. Josh, you're getting rusty.
1: That's what it is. It's. I'm just getting so rusty, and you know, looking at there it is
0: we, we also used to yeah. like in the in the show we also used to break between segments and i think josh when you were like on the show a lot more that was very very frequent and nowadays we do the show as like one block maybe a break at some point before the previews and uh we usually have time to- we used to have time between segments to like kind of bullshit and talk and like get everything together and now we're going to run through the show as a whole piece
1: well that the other thing was too that seth used to post the results And it was easier to read it off of his posts than it was from the Flow website. And the Flow website, you have to, like, click on multiple things to get all of the results. Yeah. So I'm, like, scrolling through. I'm, like, okay, I'm at the results. They're not in order of matchup.
0: They're just here. I I, I copied (laughs) them over into a Word document. That's what I do. In in a (laughs) Word document. So they're bolded. I have my notes under the names for each match. So I keep it all. That's
1: because you're a professional. I,
0: I, uh... At this point, I kind of want to disagree with you, but I kind of can't given the (laughs) hundreds of dollars of camera equipment that I've bought like in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I brought more camera brackets today. So moving on to this match. Um, This is a lot of Trovo um, really playing from the guard, looking for the X choke from the guard. And he would take the bottom side of the right lapel, uh, if you're facing camera, and loop it over the shoulder. And he went for just a straight up X choke. He tried for that lapel variation of the X choke. And that was really the entire game. I don't think Luna at any point was really able to fully get out of the guard. And really, you know, there was a scramble no. at the end of the match, but it was it was Luna working from the guard, working to kind of make distance and kind of flatten the hips of Trovo out here. And Trovo just going to go, cool, we're going to play close guard, and I'm just going to try to X choke you until the time runs out. And
1: That's my favorite thing to do is try to be as lazy as possible and then collar choke you from the guard.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a good movie. We see, we see it kind of creep up more and more frequently. I think guys have really figured out, like, that, like, just... Better ways to get the collar choke from the guard. I think we didn't used to see as much of like the lower lapel being passed over for that hand grip. You don't have to get quite as deep in the collar. You can control the posture a lot more effectively there. And there was some great posture work with the gi that was done here. I don't really want to discount it, like you know, like Josh said. Um, but right. there's there's a lot of posture work done. I think there was we're seeing more advancements with all of the grips now that we weren't they we weren't seeing a couple of years ago. And as a result we're just, people can choke each other more effectively with the gi than ever before.
1: We're seeing just, like, the evolution of the basics. Like, yeah, we see everybody with all their fancy moves, their, you know, Baron Bolos, their, you know, hook guard, whatever, spider guard, worm guard, whatever it is. But, like, you can still do the basics. You can just update them a little bit and readjust them and making them stronger. Like that cross choke with the lapel over top, like bottom or top is fantastic. It's also I really hard love. to
0: defend now because it's not its not just in the um, the collar of the gi. It's actually over top of that. So the collar actually works. You're pushing in the collar, and it's hard to get leverage against it without just pushing something in between everything. And so it's, yeah. it's an interesting development. Again, Trovo gets it done here with really... You know, just consistent like attacking. Uh yes. Josh, anything else on the match? Nope. Next match we have Thiago Dominis defeating Ricky Nelson via submission. That was choke. Uh we have Ricky Candela defeating Mark Henry via decision. That was Friday night for the Black Belts. I don't have a lot of notes on this one, but it was fun as shit. Go back and watch these two guys. Um Tons of leg lock work, in and out, positional work. You saw dueling toe holds, but not the ones where both guys are just putting them on for show. Legitimately going for subs here. Great knee bar attempts. And it was overall just a really fun, well-paced black belt match. Congrats to both these guys in Fight of the Night. Um, these are the kind of Fight of the Nights that I love to see. You know,
1: it was, and if you're looking on it for the Flow website, it's listed as Rafael uh, Kadina, by the way.
0: Yeah, I just actually that's actually what his name is. I just said it wrong. Yep. Uh, okay, cool. Yep. Nope, that I was just maybe me. You
1: just had it something different. Nope, just that
0: was true. just me fucking up the names because Emil is the name guy now, and I haven't had to do names in like mm, 100 episodes. So here we are. Uh, next match, we have Ricky Smeglia def uh, defeating Matt Farvallo via decision we have Jared Anderson defeating James Spaulding via submission that was by footlock we had Melissa Bentley defeating Ana uh, Nascimento via decision we had Dakota Reben defeating Bruno De Carvalho via submission that was a straight ankle lock we had Jordan Moore defeating Robert uh, Castello via submission that was by choke we had Felipe Amarante defeating uh, Rodrigo Prax... give me that lame Josh <laughs> Prax- I, I can never say it. I can never do it. Praxedis? Praxedis. Via decision, we had Sam the guy defeating Mauricio Gomes via submission. That was a uh, variation of a Kyotera footlock, and that was submission of the night for the black belts. And I had to text Josh about this. I was like, "Hey Josh, uh, why is he grabbing the pants like this?" Because there was a grip here uh, in. Uh, Nagai's finishing of the Kyotera ankle lock, and the Kyotera ankle lock, if you don't know, is basically a foot position variation for the outside ankle lock that Kyotera used a lot, Mikey, Messi, Mike, Mikey Musumechi used a lot, I think he has the fastest world championship final victory with that submission, um, and Nagai here is gripping with his hand, with the cross side hand, the top of Mauricio Gomez's knee, and he keeps adjusting the knee line, and I, I've never seen this done in conjunction with a Coyote footlock. And I kind of wanted Josh to talk about it because I had questions for him when I saw this happening.
1: I was just assuming that he was adjusting the leg even more, and then keeping it from either like shooting through to clear the leg or pulling it back to avoid the footlock. So because, again, it's something that I haven't really seen either. And I'm going on the assumption is that is what he is doing. Because, again, you know, he had a good bite on the footlock, had his own lapel, but then was, again, reaching across and, like, kind of straightening his arm out. I like how I'm doing this on video, but you can't see what my arms are doing. Nope. Um, <laughs> he's just, like, punching it to keep it in place and then it looks like he's just kind of locking it out to make sure that he gets full leg breakage yeah. when he he does the move.
0: It was just really interesting. I've, again, I've seen the Kyotera ankle lock a bunch. I've watched actually Mikey's doc, like not documentary, his um instructional on like how that technique works, and I've just never really seen someone use that hand grip and it might be something i need to actually message him about and be like hey you did this in the match uh we on the show had no idea what you were doing can you enlighten us please because it please was really do. interesting yeah know. it's rare that we see something that we're like i've never seen it like that before on the show and especially with there's like a major grip cha- grip sequence in um a finishing sequence like this for a not hugely uncommon ankle lock at the high level it, it was really neat to see and it was definitely kind of noteworthy because it's extremely rare for me to see stuff they're like oh huh, i haven't seen someone do that before and it works so that's always really exciting for me um yeah next match we had renato tavares defeating german eddie gomez via submission via Nibor. i love Niebars. under the brown belt matches we had Mateus machado defeating brandon diaz via decision we have colin toro santa defeating uh michael lugo via decision that was santa
1: f- really
0: santana my bad, Josh. Like, I know
1: you're. I know you wearing the hat, but come on, it's the
0: holiday hat, Josh. It is the December, the 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 month of the holiday. Um, Where is? Yamaka, bro, defeating Josh. That's on you. Uh, defeating Michael Lugo via decision, and that was fight of the night for the brown belts. We had Aaron Newman defeating Jonathan De Jesus via submission via choke. We had Mateus Alves defeating Mateus Bolmer via submission. That was fi- uh, by choke. That was submission of the night for the brown belts. On the purple belt matches, we had Jasmine Rocha, Wagner Rocha's daughter, defeating Jada Alensea. Via submission, that was via heel hook. We had Josh Hightower defeating Brooks Kinder via submission heel hook. That was submission of the night for the purple belts. We had David Hudson defeating Jose Gonzalez, or yeah, Jose Gonzalez via decision. We had uh, Salvador Gibbs Vega defeating Philip Spano via submission. That was heel hook. We had Will Haddock defeating David Zellner via decision. We had Taylor Clark defeats uh, defeating La Catherine.
1: You're you're dying of
0: man. Do you want to do the names? I'm not the name guy, Josh. We know no, I'm this. Just
1: laughing. You're saying like Haddock. The guy's name is Hancock.
0: Hancock, yeah. Yeah, Josh. Why don't you why don't you take over the names here? Like like old days.
1: Do you want me to just go into the, the, the blue belts?
0: I'm gonna finish purple belts out.
1: Finish the purple belts Taylor yeah, Clark
0: defeats uh La Catherine Transluo via submission via naked Choke. Brock Reynolds defeats Joel Sams via decision that was fight of the night for the purple belts. Uh, Andrew Neves defeats Rico uh, Rosado via decision, and Kenny Augusto defeats Hector Roman Gonzalez via decision. On to the blue butt matches. Please, Josh, save us from uh, basically what is the outro of the show, which is me apologizing for butchering folks' names.
1: Hey, it is what it is. I'm reading off of my results page right here, so if they don't match yours... uh, Oh, well. Uh, Ramon Ramos defeated Cedric Louisant via heel hook... Achilles Hosha defeated Jake Strauss by decision.
0: That is uh, Wagner Hosha's other son, or other child son. Been really active on fight to win.
1: A kid. (laughs) Uh, Juan Rodriguez defeated Garrett Garcia by knee bar. Lennon Gonzalez defeated Isaiah Correa by decision. Uh, Michael Casado defeated Jamal Kayat via decision. Justin Camacho defeated uh, Braylon Carroll via decision. Micah Cox defeated Alberto Robleto via triangle. And Danny Harris defeated Victoria Sargent via decision.
0: Yep. Uh, so I have some different results on that, by the way. Oh, um, okay. It's all good. Uh, on to the t- kids and teens matches. Josh, want to take those away?
1: No, I'm going to make you do them. We since have, uh, you have Mason Odella I have
0: defeats Anab uh, Shambly via decision. Ico Moreno defeats Elwood Gorham via the dis- submission. That was by armbar. That was submission of the night for the kids and teens. Uh, Nadir Shalbi defeats Gabriel Anseo via decision. And Ethan Tran defeats Andy Yair Cruz via submission armbar. Uh, Angel uh, Pareto defeats Kai Amarante via decision. That was Friday night for the kids and teens. All right. Well, So that does it for our recap of Fight to Win uh, 158. Uh, I appreciate uh, everyone sitting through me butchering the names. Hopefully, Josh will pick this up next week. And, you know, you don't have to listen. We have to do that again, Josh. We've learned. We learned like 160 episodes ago that I'm not the name guy.
1: Look, I've I've fallen into bad habits myself. I keep hearing myself say, um.
0: Yeah, you'll get back to it. So uh, let's see. That does it for our recap of Fight to Win 158. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about American Nationals and not about many results other than like Hassam Rita is now in the US. Uh, There's a really cool article, uh, not article, there's a really cool like video piece that Chase Smith put up on Flow Grappling basically going, hey, if you don't know who Hassam Rita is, you should. Uh, New black belt from Japan, not technically from Ghana, but has spent about the last the 18 years of his life or so in Japan. Uh, recently moved to the U.S. Now, I think training out of Detroit Jiu-Jitsu with David Garmo. Garmo was the one coaching him. Uh, hit a gang of submissions in his weight and in the absolute. Um, we've covered him for... He only
1: lost to um, Pedro Hosha. Yeah. So He's,
0: We've covered a bunch on the show. Uh, both of those guys. So, keep a look out for Hasam Rita. He has a big highlight reel up from the event uh, that you can watch. Um... Really, really good submission, Hunter. I'm a big fan. I'm really curious to see, now that he's in the U.S., I assume he kind of talked about in the interview doing a ton more of the IBJJFs in the U.S. Um, so I'm super curious to see how he looks there. He looks super good at American Nationals, and you know he's a guy that we've covered for the past few years. I think before even his match with Lachlan Giles, I think we were covering him when he was a brown belt on Quintet. So you know, look out for big yep. things from Hassan Rita. He had a very standout performance from American Nationals. Now American National at the time of this recording didn't have all of the matches parted out and with results up yet. So we're not gonna, you know, fully cover those just because we would we would end up butchering it. Uh, also taking place, this any other kind of thoughts on American Nationals or Rita?
1: No, what you can go back and watch definitely do. Uh if go through flow, go through whatever you can find it on and get your uh more
0: jiu-jitsu fix yep uh, also happened this week was the Abu Dhabi Grand Slam um, kind of struggled to find a bunch of the matches um, Antonio uh, Zanella make, make sure I get his name right
1: that was correct
0: yep uh, posts a lot of the videos on YouTube if you want to see him I think he has most of the finals matches up for the brown and black belt women's matches and for the black belt men's matches uh, a couple matches that were fun um, the ones that I really wanted to wanted to kind of tell you to go watch if you get a chance. Um, I'm blanking on it. Oh yeah. The Eric Muniz match. Uh, and I think that was the absolute, uh, versus Eduardo Lopez. Um, Josh and I both commented on that the AJP has changed their rules. I think the last time we covered them, uh, and we talked about the rule change probably six or eight months ago on the show. What do you think Josh? Is that about right?
1: Something like that. Yes.
0: And, uh, they have changed their penalty structure and points awarding. So a lot of times matches start at one zero for points. And again, I need to go back and reread the rules because it's been such a time since we have covered AJP, but we saw that both take place in the uh, a couple of the women's finals matches, uh, in the Muniz match, and then also in the gutenberg Peretta match. Uh, there was a penalty call, I think, that ended up being um, points awarded for Peretta here. Uh, he ends up taking his finals match 6-0 to zero over... Uh, Rider Um Um um. So, overall, a good week. Uh, you can find the results for the uh, AJP on the AJP Tours website um, and all the and matches. They have
1: there. Sorry, yep. they have uh all the mats up. The thing is, like, you have to go through and tab through them manually, and tab through them manually to get through to all that stuff, which is never fun. Uh, Someone who I enjoy covering, especially like seeing him in Spider, uh, Fabricio Andre took second place in his weight class at 62 kilos. So, you know, just start digging through the stuff and either use Antonio Zanella's YouTube or go through AJPs and, you know, just start tabbing through the finals because that is a lot of footage that you have to go through.
0: I think each mat is usually about eight or 10 hours. They usually have eight to... 12 mats depending on the event um, and all their stuff's up and if you do ever want to watch just like hey what do high level competition like what does it actually look like not just the world finals but actually like another organization other than IREJJF you can sit and watch the entirety of those matches because I'm honestly a huge fan of the AJP rule set uh, it is a much faster match and black belt matches are only 6 minutes they have some changes with um, how you can grab the gi like you cannot grab into the pants on the upper belt um, at all anymore. That was a rule that was changed last year. They have m- a more aggressive stalling and penalty calls. And overall, I think it's just much more viewer friendly. So we try to cover AJP uh, whenever we get a chance. Also, another guy making really great um, AJP content is uh, a guy named Will Stafford. Let me make sure I get his name right. Yeah, Will Stafford uh, on Instagram. Uh, if you're interested in AJP or how that league structure works, go follow him, watch his content. He puts out amazing content cut in with athlete footage and, um, you know, narrated with who you're watching, why you should be watching them, why you should be paying attention, some of their their history with the organization. Overall, great content. And I I love to watch it. That He's one of the primary ways that I kind of stay most up to date with AJP. So go and watch and follow his content. Um, Josh, any other kind of notes on AJP or any other results you want to go through?
1: Uh, no, but again, if you want to see a little quicker pace stuff and you know, see some people that you might not see in different countries, like a lot of Brazilian talent that might start flowing into uh, people from the U.S.'s you know, frame, uh, definitely watch it because you will see people that can't make it over here because of travel restrictions or whatever Visa
0: issues or you know, yeah, you choose things, so. yeah. So, I, I would love to cover the um the, the the Brazilian Grand Slam in more depth but it's just right now it's i it happened yesterday and there's uh 40 hours or so of map footage to watch so it's just untenable to do so um but yeah there's a bunch of guys here that I don't recognize that are in the top results so that's always super exciting to me cuz it you know it's new high level talent coming out of Brazil that we're going to see probably in the next couple years so uh yep. that is that is always exciting from like a development or like a like a world stage perspective for me. Um, moving on, uh, Josh, you want to talk about freedom grappling, uh, Ethan Carlton versus, um, give me his name, uh, Elijah Carlton. Sure. So this was a challenge match. Uh, I do not know if we've ever covered a challenge match on this show. This was Ethan put up five grand Carlton put up five grand and they had a no limit, no time limit submission only match that freedom grappling broadcast, uh, for all the marbles, basically, for ten grand. I know Gordon Ryan famously did these a lot. I think it... Purple and brown and early black, Josh. Is that correct? You were kind of more familiar with what was going on then. He'd do $500 gym bets, I think is what it was back then.
1: It was more like brown and, and into black before he really, you know...
0: Before the EBI stuff. And even a little yeah, bit into but, that. And I think he'll still do them. Like, like Even into please, that, man.
1: he definitely put up a lot of money, like... Definitely against Dylan Dennis on multiple occasions, tried to do it. And uh, not a lot of people
0: took him up on that offer. He did it against, um, he did it recently in the last year because he talked about it and it was a very quiet thing. It was like a $500 basically gym bat and I'm blanking on who it was, but he, he mentioned it very briefly and it was a guy that I don't think I was very familiar with, but you know, I appreciate guys still doing this and like, you know, Ethan put out the money and Carlton put out the money you know, I I like when guys kind of put their money where their mouth is. Um if you can afford to do that, if you can't, please don't do that. There are other tournaments and other ways that you can, you know. Yeah, run. I've got
1: 5 grand to throw
0: around. But I look, again, I like high I like high stakes stuff. So if you can afford to do it or you can get a backer to do it, you know, go go do it. Uh this match was really interesting. Very very high pace. I think only about a 3 minute match, Josh, is that right?
1: Uh, in total, the entire, like, video that was posted up was, like, three and a half minutes.
0: Yeah. You can find and, this on, um, on Elijah Carlton's page on Instagram. I think also Freedom Grappling Invitational has it. Ethan cronston's well, page yeah. has the, uh, highlight of the finish, which was, I think, an outside heel hook by cronston Is that right, Josh? Uh,
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: But yeah, overall um, it, good match.
1: Elijah went in and attacked the feet a lot and Crenleston did Crenleston stuff and then came up and did his thing.
0: Yep. Um, overall, very leg-locky, very, you know, high-level leg-lock battle back and forth, and Ethan's eventually able to kind of get this exposure that he needs on the outside of the leg, um, really reaches back with a long arm, and is able to get it, turns it over, and uh, that's the finish, but yeah, go back and watch the match, because it's cool, I like, we don't get a chance to cover challenge matches a lot, um, especially with high-level guys, so it's it's definitely something that's unique, and, you know, you should go by, you should go and support that by watching it, because that's that's how we see more, see more stuff like that, and it broadens Broadens Jiu-Jitsu. I don't think I have any other stuff that I want to touch about. Uh, Submission on the Shore and all women's event also took place this last weekend. I'm having a problem finding results and match footage for that, so I'm going to kind of continue to search this week, but that also took place uh, this weekend. Uh, That is all I have for results this week. It was a nice week full of results. Josh, do you want to get into their preview for who's number one, Kainan Duarte versus Hidalgo Vieira? Yes. All right. So, moving to the preview for who's number one, Kyan Duarte versus Rodolfo Vieira. I don't know why I had to say it twice as we just did it. Um, but this one is a rematch. of uh, The Spider Invitational was at the finals or the semifinals, Josh? Do you know?
1: Semis, I think.
0: Okay, because I forget who who Duarte faced in the finals. But, yeah, I think it was the semis. That was in the Gi. That was in 2019. Since then, we have not seen Rodolfo. Uh, compete in jiu-jitsu. We've seen him in the UFC, I think, in two separate matches. It, I think two separate matches, winning both. I think he is 9 or 10-0 and 0 in MMA, but he's switched over to MMA. He made that switch about five years ago. Uh, Kainen has not made that switch and is still jiu jitsu in it up. So this is now in Nogi. And, Josh, how do you think it will play out? And kind of what, what are the differences you think that will happen uh, from the twenty nineteen match in Spider and the IBJJF style rules in the IBJJF rules in the Gi versus this, I think this is a no time limit, sub only. Uh, it might it's be a, a minute fifteen minute. Yeah, it's a fifteen minute. There's one other sub only match on the card in uh, Third Coast Grappling next week. Um, how do you think it plays out? How do you think it looks different?
1: Well, it's going to be far more like high paced than the Gi match. Hudolfo um, is. Like, forward-moving. That's it. He He's a pressure monster. And he's going to look to just, I'm assuming, overwhelm him. And as of recently, he's been training with Cyborg and Bouchesha and uh, Shoeface. Um,
0: Antonio Carlos Jr., if you're not familiar yes. with who Shoe is, uh, also fights in the UFC. Uh, Boucher has also announced his trans- over- transition over to MMA, so a very, very high level. Wait, doesn't, Didn't Shoe also have, doesn't he have like a ADCC medal or a world medal? Or like a... Has, I th- think, world, world ch- medal, but
1: yeah, also a UFC fighter.
0: Yeah, and been a UFC fighter for a very long time. Uh, for some reason, I think Shoeface has a world like does he have a win like a like a gold at
1: worlds a black belt title he might
0: it and I, he's one of the guys that i think has won and I'm, it, I'm blanking on it but for some reason i always think that that he does um but regardless he's been in that room with just straight killers and guys that are going to pressure and push into him and be very very aggressive we've seen Kynan kind of that a little bit but i think Kainen is much more of a I think a reactive fighter, Josh. Is that the way to put it? You think?
1: I wouldn't say that. He's just more of like a. Hmm, he just like moves where his op- opponent doesn't want him to move. So maybe that is more of a, a reactive fighter. But you know, the guy just does whatever he kind of wants to do and just attacks you no matter what. And tries to well recently, and they just recently did a write up of it. Has been attacking that triangle from the back.
0: Yeah, he was hitting um, that a ton at, at pants, which is kind of out of nowhere. We really hadn't seen that from. Four at all. out of
1: his five matches were finished that way.
0: Yeah, so I'm curious to see if he's going to do that. Be able to do that on Hadolfo. Um, again, we just we haven't seen as much from Hadolfo recently, so it's really hard for me to tell. Like I just. We haven't covered a lot of those matches on the show, so they're not really fresh in my mind. I'm also curious to see how he's going to look with sort of that much time off of, you know, the high-level professional scene. I think the previous time we covered that was him in 2018 at Black Belt CBD. Or was that... Yeah. Was that Dorino that took that? No, 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 no. That was him.
1: Him and his sister. Adolfo was Black Belt CBD. It was because he and his sister, sister both com-
0: won Competed on the same card. Yeah, it's again we have two tournaments in three years and I think before that I think he took a two or three year hiatus off of that what do you find Josh
1: um, I'm reading uh, zapato's uh, card de zapato there we go uh, shoe faces thing and it's saying that he took gold in the 2010 world uh, world absolutes and I was like mm, I don't think so. oh, at brown belt,
0: okay, that's okay. maybe that's maybe what I was thinking about,
1: okay um i have seen I'm seeing bronze for black belt,
0: okay. only so, but still world medalist, you know, yeah. in, in recent years, so in, in in a really good room um i I'm gonna I wanna lean duarte here just because every time More I' picked against duarte, traveling. I'm stupid, yeah, and hadolfo you know just has too many x factors kind of. That, that don't lend me to picking him over Duarte, who's just so fresh, so young, not focused on MMA. Um, so that's sort of where I want to lean. I don't really know. I could see it being kind of an ugly decision, um, but I can also see Duarte going in there and sort of putting Hadolfo on the back foot and, you know, being on top here and getting around him. I. Don't know if we'll see a sub here. It wouldn't surprise me to see a variation of the triangle from the back or just a straight up, you know, a gonna renake a choke game for three or four minutes in the last in the ending of the match from Kainen. Um given, I just think that that I'm I'm just curious to see how Hadolfo is gonna look after so much time off. Um, Wagner Hoshi gave a really funny interview that basically talked about look, if you know who Adolfo Vieira is check him out because he's, you know, he's he's legit. He's very, very good. I was thinking it was funny to hear Wagner give him props and basically go, if you don't know, you, you should know who he is, newer grappling fan.
1: Yeah. Um, having seen him compete and just, like, both on video and live and just watching him come up through the ranks as, like, a brown belt and, you know, getting the name Black Belt Killer from black belt hunter just from you know crushing black belts as a brown belt and then him making those runs you know and him being on the tail end of his gi career as bushisha was coming up and them having all their matches together too this is an awesome guy to watch
0: yeah so subio again deservedly a really really fun main event rematch but Nogi rematch. So, uh, I got nothing else on that one. Uh the co-main event is a featherweight. It's a it's a featherweight bout, but it's a catchweight. So, technically it's a lightweight catchweight bout. Uh the number 1 ranked featherweight Gio Martinez versus the number 1 lightweight Kennedy Masayo. Uh Cabrinha Jr. We just saw uh, Gio a couple weeks ago versus paula Miao uh in there, I think second or third rematch between the two of them Gio took a very very close decision victory over Paula Miao uh, we just saw Kennedy versus Juni Acasio who was the banter who is still the bantamweight champion at fight to win uh, I'd think at a 45 pound match uh, at fight to win and Kennedy was able to get an armbar sub on Acasio uh, Josh how do you see this one playing out
1: oof we're just going to see a high pace. Like yeah. it's going to be moving and grooving. I,
0: I think we'll I definitely think- see Geo pull here, and then we're going to see Kennedy working to pass. Um, Geo is notoriously stupid, hard to get around. But Kennedy throws a pace and will throw like a level of offense. I'm curious to see if he be able to kind of like not expose a hole, but if he be able to start getting something working, just at the pace that he's going to consistently be trying to pass, uh, Geo from.
1: Yeah, um, um, I think, I think Kennedy honestly takes it like he's just going to put on this breakneck pace, and I don't know if Gio will be able to keep up with it. It'll be an interesting match yeah. either way.
0: I do think but- that if Gio's on his butt and, you know, has really the really open guard work that we've seen from Martinez, um, I'm curious to see how aggressive or if Kennedy will potentially stave off a little bit of that aggressiveness, given Gio's propensity for leg locks. But kind of looking at this as a microcosm for the Ocasio match, it didn't really seem to phase him at all. Ocasio, you know, is an absolute murderer on the legs and specifically known for unorthodox leg submissions that you kind of don't know which way you should go. Um, I think even by his own admission, that's, you know, sort of his game. So Gio, I think, has a somewhat unorthodox style, but I think he has a style from the 10th planet from, I think, four or five years ago that sort of people have figured out, kind of learned, and sort of systematized a little bit more. So, again, I I'm, in thinking about this more, I think we'll see a really aggressive pace from Kennedy. It wouldn't surprise me to see him pass Gio. Um, Gio's extremely hard to sub. You can watch him versus Satoshi Ishii uh, at Quintet to see Ishii unable to Komora him, Um But I'm curious to see if Kennedy, like how Kennedy will stabilize on top of Martinez here and if he'll be able to maybe go to a north-south and sit for a while. But I'm just not certain if he can actually sub Martinez given just how unworldly difficult it is to sub Martinez. Yeah. Kind of same thoughts, Josh?
1: Yes, absolutely. All right.
0: went to another match that I'm super hyped for. Number one strawweight in the world. Mice of is taking on the number two strawweight in the world. Grace Gundrum. This is a strawweight 115 pound match. Grace coming off of a really good submission victory over Patty Fontes, uh, about a month ago, I think maybe on the last who's number one, or maybe at a fight to win, um, kind of cementing her spot there at the number two, Grace Gundrum, very new black belt under the 10th planet system. We've covered her for years. I've been watching her since she was a kid, literally since she was a child, um, competing, we know what Grace is going to do. She's going to play uh, the rubber guard, and then she's going to go for the legs if she needs to. My Bastos, we know what she's going to do. Um, actually, what do what you think I'm not even
1: going to pick someone. This is like, I've, I've picked against Grace multiple times, and I get upset every time. Um, it'll be an awesome match to watch.
0: Yeah, I kind of want to lean Bastos here, just because like, I, actually, I don't know, because I was going to say give her the experience edge, but Grace has been competing against grown men and women for a long time here, and I'm not actually certain if uh, Bostos has the experience edge, um, which is kind of a weird thing to say when you have a brand new black belt, but given Grace has been competing for so many years, she has a high school wrestling background now um, that we saw him implement a little bit in 2019 um, in some of her matches. I'm very, very curious. I think we're going to see a double pull here, um, and again, I, I have absolutely no idea how this match will play out. But there's not a, not a single result in this match that would surprise me. Uh, I can see either lady subbing the other one, and I can see it go to a very, very technical decision um, that I wouldn't want to have to call. So that's that's my kind of take on the match. I was super amped for this match uh, after Grace took out Patty. So. I'm very very happy that I got made. This is the match to make at Women's Strawweight. Um, next match we have Roberto Jimenez taking on uh, middleweight Roberto Jimenez taking on welterweight to Leone and at a catchweight of 190. Leone's a gangster for this one. Leone historically a yeah, 77. He's definitely
1: given up some He's definitely given up some size, but again, he puts on a pace Um,
0: Jimenez puts on a pace though too like both these guys are known for their fervorous pace
1: but the downside of Jimenez is he is uber susceptible to foot locks
0: yeah Dante has got an outstanding knee bar game like kind of like everyone kind of sleeps on his knee bar game he has looking through his record looking about his match the past couple years has a gang of wins by knee bar and by rear naked choke and i'm curious to see if that's sort of what he's going to do we just recently saw roberto jimenez take on craig jones i think that was a 205 match um and craig jones was able to kind of entangle him in the legs really quickly and get a heel hook and i think under two minutes if I recall correctly, um, we've seen yeah. Jimenez versus some other dangerous leg lockers, but if if Jimenez gets caught, it's typically by by footlock. Uh, we saw him get footlocked by Felipe Andrew at, was it Pans? The Nogi Pans? Pans? Nogi Pans. We've seen uh, him get heel no. hooked by Pedro Mourinho. Pans. Oh, was it Pans Pans? Pans. Yeah, regular Gi. Yeah, and so, again, I see Leon identifying that, deciding to wrestle with um, Jimenez for a little bit here, which I'm curious to see how that will go, but going to a bottom position or entering it on the legs and really just hunting. And it wouldn't surprise me to see Leon punch up here and wait and, uh, get Jimenez with a heel hook. But if, if Jimenez can stay kind of prescient, I can see him implementing a top game and potentially getting to Leon's back, but Leon has just looked so good recently um I kinda I kinda predict an upset here with the welterweight uh, taking out the number one middleweight. Um, let's see. Next match we have number two middleweight, now up in weight, Wagner Hosha taking on number four middleweight, John Thor Blank. What do you as think? Much
1: as much as Hosha is a gangster and going up in weight, that is a big that's a big old jump.
0: Dude, Thor's a big dude th- Dude, th- th- Thor. It's called Thor. We call him Thor. Like strong as shit. Now, actually grappling full time when he was 80 CC, he was still a part time guy. I think there's an article that came out this last week about that. And it was basically like, yeah, he was still part time when he he hooked Rustam Chiziev and went to 80 CC. Like, he's the real deal. He's also a natural middleweight, if not a natural light heavyweight versus Hosha, who is, you know, who's moved up and definitely has looked comfortable at eighty five, but will definitely be the smaller man. I know we know John's gonna pull and we know John's gonna look for his leg. Look at the Wardzinski match. Um I'm curious to see if Wagner plays like a really outside kind of batting at the head game or how exactly Wagner starts to address Thor's guard here. Um but I mean
1: Thor's Thor has absolutely zero issue with just pulling guard, right. which would force Wagner to just come in and have to attack
0: but that's my question is I don't know how exactly Wagner is going to attack the guard here because Thor is so dangerous he's Um, gonna hit him in the head yeah but I mean like how is he actually gonna work to pass is my question
1: I I don't know a lot of these matchups are just like I don't want to speculate I just want to watch and see what happens
0: so I, I I predict Thor here um Wagner's a gangster, really hard to sub, but I predict Thor getting in on the leg and and Wagner needing to defend that. Um again, we've seen Wagner we've seen a lot from Wagner over the years, so nothing was a nothing was surprising with Host, especially going up a weight class. Um you know, he's been training a ton with Cyborg, Darenya, like not Darenya, sorry, Cyborg and the whole Host baby monster, the Host of the other grapplers at fight sports. Um Always posting training videos, so you know, very curious to see. Around out, the card we have number three welterweight Ty Rotolo taking on number nine welterweight Cody Steele. Um, big difference in the rankings here. Rotolo has looked really, really good. His brother just won uh combat jujitsu uh lightweights last week in Mexico. Um, very curious to see this. I- I'm I like, I'm sorry, I'm, I do not know how the wrestling of Cody Steele will, how Ty will deal with that. I think Steele is definitely a better wrestler, um, and both guys keep a really frantic pace. Uh, but I, I really like Ty's passing game here if he is able to get on top. And that's, yeah. I, that's, I think, where we're going to see the match. I don't think that he'll probably take out Steele with a leg lock, given kind of the leg lock guys that Steele trains with, William Tackett, the Tackett brothers, Elizabeth Clay. Um, but I can see him getting onto the uh, getting onto the top, probably not maintaining a mount, but maybe potentially going to like a three-quarter, a fat boy mount, and maybe going to the back here. Um, that's sort of how I see this going. I wouldn't be hugely surprised to see Ty take a rear naked choke here, um, but if Cody potentially engages Ty and gets Ty to play exclusively on the feet, I think that game probably fa- uh, favors Steele a little bit more just with his wrestling background, uh, but we have seen Ty getting better um, wrestling up and on the feet, and the count we've seen the counter game uh, with like his Uchimadas and Tayatoshis look a lot better recently too, I and mean, we've seen that from Cade as well, so... Should be a really, really fun card. I'm very excited for it. It takes place December 11th at 8 p.m. Uh, I'm going to watch it live for sure, and I'm uh, going to have a good time. So that's all I got for the show. Um, two weeks, we got Third Coast Grappling. Next week, we got you know this great card. Josh, what do you got going on this week?
1: Work. A lot of it.
0: Nice. I got a cappuccino machine, so I'm going to play with that too. At work? No, at home. That's Nice. That's cool. I just got a bunch of camera equipment and Rachel and I started lifting again. So, uh, that's, that's been, that's been fun, uh, to be in not jujitsu pain, but just in regular muscle pain. I'm starting to like get back in shape. It's like, all right, we got the wedding in six months. We've been engaged a year today. So it's like, it's time for me to, you know, get in shape. So I look good at my wedding because that's going to be like, are you going to be shirtless? You'll know, Josh, you'll know. It's my wedding. It's in a backyard. I'm excited for it. Um, I, 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 photo, I had to Photoshop all the save the date pictures this week. And it's like it's a whole thing now that I realize like hey, I'm getting married. Like that's a that's a legit thing that's like coming down the pipe that I've got to like like prepare for. I mean, now I'm now in marriage camp, which is like got to get buff, got to get in shape, got to start eating right ahead of the wedding. So I make all the people that are there like like jealous. Like, man, he looks good for his wedding. Like that's it's my time, Josh.
1: Normally, that's that's the bride's job.
0: Josh, we both do the same stuff, so it's like we're both going to look great. <laughs> uh, I'm super excited for this. So you're uh, being be super vain for no reason? That's me. Uh, that's just my week. I got a ton of work. I'm on call today and tomorrow, so I'm really hoping that, like, the state of Maryland doesn't become more on fire than it currently is. That would be great, but you never know, so that's what I'm hoping for. Other than that, uh, you know, hoping that the Pfizer and Morena and all that stuff, the trials look great for that, so I'm hoping to inject that in my veins very quickly so that we can get back to training. Um, I miss you, Josh. I I want to deal with you hopefully when you're less fat, so please also start running and training so that when we can get a chance to train together, um, I can deal with skinny Josh and not fat Josh. I speak for everyone when I give you this message. Uh,
1: Except for Zach. Except, Zach doesn't mind either,
0: Josh. Yo, he's like two fifty right now. Yes, he's but a he's a beef of a human being. Like I sit lawyer. next to him every other week and do the show, and I'm just like, God, you're gigantic. And he trains with um, Spencer. What
1: Six foot three,
0: giant man. I'm a oh. tiny man. So that's all I got, Josh. Any? Uh, that's all, that's all we got. So as always yeah. in the show, I'm your host, Maine, and join with my co-host. Josh. And we are The Grappling Rewind. We'll see you on the mat whenever it is. Stay safe. If you like the show, please consider sharing it on Facebook with the folks at your gym. It's the best way that we grow the show and we really appreciate it. You can reach out to us on email. We also have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Google+. Plus Until that shuts down. We have a website. If you have an event you would like to have us cover, please let us know. If you have a name, like most people do, and you'd like to have us stop butchering it, let us know. Reach out to us. The show is also available on YouTube, Spotify, in addition to iTunes and every other podcast service. We very much appreciate your time and thank you.